Well, praise the Lord and God bless you this afternoon and welcome to the Tabernacle of Deliverance Sunday evening service. I'm Pastor Wells and I'm excited about what God is doing for us, with us, through us, in the midst of us, regardless of all the stuff going on around us today. I know I say that all the time, but it's true. Well, listen, I'm excited about what God's doing anyway. And today I have a guest for y'all. I have Evangelist Maxine Weld is going to be bringing forth the Sunday message today. And I'm excited about what God's going to do with her today. Uh, listen, uh, sit back and enjoy and let the Lord use her uh, on the way he chooses to use her. And you enjoy what God wants to do for you through this message today. Amen. Now I present to you my wife, Maxine. Well, let's eventually. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Saints, truly it is an honor to be before you today. Praise God. We just thank you for another day and we thank you for life, health, and strength. Um, welcome to the Tabernacle of Deliverance Sunday evening service. I'm your host, Evangelist. Maxine Wells. It's my uh, a privilege to come before you uh, today, like I stated before, once again, because truly God has given us another day. He's given us another day to praise his name. He's given us another day to bless his name. And we just truly thank the Lord for that. Amen. I'm going to begin with a word of prayer. Amen. Amen. Father, God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, oh God, for another day that you've given us. We thank you. We ask you to forgive us our sins, cleanse our heart, oh God, from all unrighteousness, oh God. Help me, oh God, Lord, as I bring your word forth, oh God, that, oh God, that will be it will be able to help those that need your holy word, oh God. Help those that are in need, oh God, right now, right now, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, keep me behind, oh God, and let you be, oh God, always, always, always in the front. We thank you, oh God. We thank you. We thank you for your word on today. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. And I also wanted to say that besides welcome into the Tabernacle of Deliverance, the pastor is Pastor Bernard Wells. Amen. Amen. So truly today, um, you know, when we think about what's going on in the world, we think about what's around us. We think about our environment. We think about we think about how uh, you know just different things that's going on, different uh, uh, wars and just uh, shootings and everything that's going on in the world. But we truly thank God that He has blessed us, even as far as the saints of God, that we're able to pray, we're able to come out of these different situations, and we're able to help others. Amen. Amen. So the topic for today is your environment. So your environment, does it define who you are? So the environment that you're in, does it, does it define you? Does it make you who you are? Does it just bring about who you're supposed to be? Who do you think you want to be? So we're going to explore this today and we're going to explore it with different, um, individuals in the Bible, different individuals in the Bible that let their environment either make them or break them. We're going to go through that um, uh, one by one. So in the environment, the circumstances 
objects or, condi or conditions by which one is surrounded. So your, your surroundings, what you see day to day, what you go through day to day, what you look at day to day, just your surroundings. And also the word define, to determine or identify the essential qualities or meaning of. So what are you defined as? You know, am I a good person? Am I a bad person? Um, you know, uh, my job, does my job make me? Does my job uh, portray a part in what I do? The place of worship, where I go to, do I go there just to go so others can see me or do I go to truly worship the one and only God? Um, what about when you go to uh, on vacation? Do I go on vacation to a particular place because I like that place? Yes, we all do. Or do I just need to get away and I just pick any old place and I'm like, I got to get away from everyone. <laughs> I got to get away. So I got to get to this place. I got to get there right now. My children are just driving me crazy. My spouse may be driving me a little crazy also. My husband or my wife. So do we determine these? Do we de does that define who we are? Uh, also, oh, where we shop at. That's where we shop. Do we go to a particular store? Some people like to go to this supermarket. Some people like to go to another supermarket. Some people like supermarkets that are um, uh, more organic. Some people like supermarkets that are not, you know, so it just, it depends how you live, what you do day to day. So let's explore the individuals first that are in the Bible and how their environment determined who they, who they were. Because now we're going back, uh, you know, to the Bible days. And first, of first, the first up, I'm going to say, you know, a popular, <laughs> the children of Israel. Amen. Amen. Pass the wells. And we know the children of Israel was always in trouble, right? right. <laughs> they were always in trouble. So we know that they were rebellious. But even though the Lord delivered them from Egypt, they rejected the Lord God. They always wanted a king. They always wanted this. They, they just always rejected God. I know he kept in and although he brought them out, brought them out, he brought them out. They just kept on uh, rejecting him. So now the environment, the children of Israel came out of defined who they became, actually. So let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10. And it's going to be from verses 18 through 19. Verses 18 through 19. And Pastor Wells, do you remind do you mind uh reading the scripture for me, please? Yeah, Samuel chapter 10, verse 18 and 19. And he and said unto the children of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up out of Israel and Egypt and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of the, all the kingdom and of them that oppressed you, verse 19. And ye have done this day, and ye have this day rejected your God, whom himself saved you out of all your adversaries, excuse me, out of all your adversities and your tribulations. And ye have said unto him, Nay, well, Set us a king over us. Now 
therefore present yourselves before the Lord by your tribe and by your thousand. Amen, amen. So when you look at the verse, you will look at uh, verse 18. It says, and say it, and said unto the children of Israel, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up out of Israel, out of the hand of the... So God, he brought Israel out. You know, they were going through the Red Sea. They were, you know, they were running for their lives. You know, they were getting out and he brought them out. He delivered them. Uh, you know, he, he, he took them and placed them uh, where they would be safe. But still in all, the children of Israel, they let their environment define, you know, define them. I mean, God brought down manna. Uh, Moses uh, gave them water by struck in the rock, you know, but yet still, they were never satisfied. They were never satisfied. And they always wanted more. Although God gave them what they needed, they always wanted more. And, and number 19, verse 19, oh wait, I'm sorry, let me just finish uh, verse 18. And deliver you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all kingdom, kingdoms of them that oppress you. So they were other um, other tribes or that were oppressing them also. And, um, you know, God delivered them from all. He delivered them. But yet they were still complaining and, um, and uh, murmuring. They just always, always, always complained and were never satisfied with what the living God, their God, the God that delivered them. They were never satisfied. And 19, and ye have this day rejected your God. So they rejected God. We want a king. We want a physical king. We don't need you, uh, God, to do for us. Although you are doing, we want a physical king. We want someone that's tangible, someone yeah. we could see and touch. Now, remember, God, you may not be able to see him. We're talking about with the natural eye, you may not, but you can feel his presence. Yeah. You can, you know that he has delivered you from whatever you've been through. And the children of Israel, you know, they're all through the Bible. So you really have to, you'd have to really, this is like a whole, that's a whole message by itself. You really have to get into it and go into your Bible and go into the different um, books in the Old Testament and really, really pull out all the different things that they, that they were just obedient. I mean, disobedient <laughs> too. And um, it also said, faith here, God, your God. and himself saved you out of all your adversaries. There we go again. He, he saved them out of all. So God can do the same for us today. He can save us all out of all our adversaries. You know, all of them if we want him to. Now sometimes people say, well, why do you say if you want to be saved or if you want to be delivered? Because some people may not want to be delivered. Amen. Some people want to stay right where they're at. They don't want to be delivered. And some people want to be delivered, but some, for some reason, it takes so much longer than others. Uh, the reason why, you know, maybe it's just within that particular person, but they really truly want to be delivered. So don't get in their way. If you don't want to be delivered, that's on you. But don't get in the way of someone else that wants, wants to truly be delivered. And I think, and I believe, I don't think, I believe the children of Israel, they always they were always in their own way. And that's the reason why they couldn't get past <laughs> what they needed to get past. 
because they were always in their way. Always. Oh, we want a king. Oh, we don't want this. Complain and complain and complain. Oh, we want more food. You know, oh, we want this from you, God. We want when God was already saying, I gave it to you. I delivered you. I helped you. But yet you always, always wanted more. And then um, keep on going in 19. It says, and ye have said unto him, nay, but set a king over us. See, that's what they wanted, a king. Right. A physical king when God was already their king. God was their king. I mean, what who else is going to be take care of you and deliver you right then and there but God? Amen? Amen? I mean, he's, he's, he's the one. He's the almighty God. And then it also says, now, therefore, present yourself before the Lord by your tribe and by your thousands. So right. present, present yourself before the Lord, you know, uh, by your tribe. So different tribes that were, um, you know, uh, within, uh, within them. So they had to present there. And it was thousands of them, thousands upon thousands. It was thousands, you know, that were going through the wilderness and that would just, you know, but yet they still, they just murmur and complain and didn't want um, to uh, obey the voice of the Lord. Amen and amen. So now I want to go to Judges, and we're still with the children of Israel, but I want to go to Judges 6 and 8 through 10. Judges 6. Verses 8 through 10. That the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. Here we go again. God sent a prophet. He sent a prophet to tell them. You know, remember, I brought you out out of Egypt. I brought you, I took you safely across the Red Sea where they were trying to come and uh, uh, um, abolish you, when you want to say, you know, demolish you. And I took you across there. I protected you. And it's, I brought you up out of it and brought you forth. Uh, you, were in, you were in bondage, right? They were, you know, slaves. Yes. Amen. Slaves. And God took them out. He brought them out. And verse 9 says, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians. I brought you out of the hands of the Egyptians. And we were talking about the other day something with Pharaoh, and that's a whole other story, how they were different. Uh, Pharaoh was just the name that was given, right, the title that was given to the ruler at that, you know, at that time. And there were many different uh, Pharaohs. But it was, this, it was this particular Pharaoh. I'm sorry. About 25. Oh, about 25. Pastor Well said it's about 25 different pharaohs. And this, you know, this was just a this was just a particular pharaoh at the time. So they were many different pharaohs. And and um said, and out of the hand of all the oppressed you, that all I'm sorry, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, and drive them out from before you and gave you their land. So they they oppressed them, drove them out. Amen and amen. But God still delivered them. He still came back and still delivered them and continued to, you know, feed them, provide for them, clothe them. He still did that no matter what. 
Amen. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your word today. We thank the Lord for his word. Amen. We thank the Lord for his word because truly it's an honor when you're able to present, when God gives you a message and you're able to present it. We want everyone to understand, um, you know, we want everyone to understand the word of God. Amen and amen. So we're going to go to the next individual and popular individual in the Bible. I'm saying popular because, you know, we always talk about King Saul. So we always King Saul. He's the next individual that his environment, you know, it really, it, it, it really broke him. Because you're going to say your environment is going to make you or break you, but he did his own thing. But So, so let's go into King Saul. I don't want to go too much in it before. So, um, you know, as Samuel was sent to anoint him king, um, well, it was like the, um, you know, he was in the process. So he's going through. So this was coming to the final phase of Samuel anointing him king. Um, so although he ascended to the throne, I'm going like I'm starting at the, you know, going through it before I really get into the, uh, the scriptures. He was reject. He rejected the commandment of the Lord. The Lord told him to do something through Samuel, the prophet, and he did his own thing. So we know that. He was told to go and uh, destroy everything and that the the Amalek Lekite, right? And however, he spared the king, the their king, King Agag. And the, he spared he spared also like the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, and the lambs, right? And um because of his disobedience, he ended up not uh becoming uh, uh staying as king but we're gonna start reading from first samuel it's first samuel 15 it's pretty much the whole chapter but we're gonna start with start with the first verse so we're gonna start with the first verse i'm gonna read and uh, we're going to read up to the 21st and then stop. And then, so, so 1 Samuel 15, starting at the first verse. Amen. All right. Samuel also said unto Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken down unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek, Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. So if you have to read the story about that, and I'll get into that a little bit later. Now go and smite Amalek, which is a place, Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not. So Bear them not, and slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, oxen, sheep, camel, and ass. So God, Samuel came. He told Saul, "You go now because of what Amalek did unto Israel when they come, where they were coming out of Egypt. He wanted God wanted him to destroy everything that was there, everything, right? Everything, man, woman, infant. So man, woman, and child. You think God wanted to?" Everything to be wiped out, animals, everything. 
And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telaim, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. So he started getting his army together, right? And Saul came to a city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. So they waited just like you see war to, the, you know, war. They're waiting, waiting for to strike, right? And Saul said unto the Kenyites, go, depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For ye shoot kindness to all the people of Israel. When they came up out of Egypt, so Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. So he told them to get out because he said, they show, like you see here, they show kindness. He didn't want to destroy the Kenites, right? Did I say it right? The Kenites, the Kenites, Kenites, okay. Right, Kenites. Yeah. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to Shur. This is over against Egypt. And he took Agog, the king. So he took Agog. Now keep in mind now, he was supposed to destroy everything and everyone, right? Right, Pastor the Well? And he took Agog, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agog and the best of the sheep, of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and re and refused that they so oh everything that was good oh <laughs> everything that looked beautiful right that's what he kept but anything that didn't look great and not everything that looked really really bad horrible in sight that's that's what he destroyed keep in mind again here we go back again he was supposed to destroy everything now we're talking about if you go back your environment doesn't define who you are this is an environment right it's a surrounding. It's what they're go what's going on. They're going through, you know, war. They're attacking. They were sent to fight, right? But to destroy everything. Keep that in mind. And um, we go to verse 10. I know this is a long chapter, but I really want to read it because it's important. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repented me that I have set up Saul to be king. That's the Lord saying. For he is turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel and he cried unto the Lord all night. So Samuel, I mean, God, you know, word of the Lord came unto Samuel. He repented, you know, he, he said that um, for he is turned back. Samuel was turned back. It, it, you know, God re it repented me that I have set him up as king. Because he turned back, you know, from the ways of the Lord. And it grieved Samuel and he cried unto the Lord all night. Okay. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel saying, Saul came to Carmel and behold, he set him up a place and is gone about and passed on and gone down the Gilgal. Okay. And Samuel came to Saul and Saul said unto him, bless be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Now, Samuel, he must have thought that God didn't already tell 
I mean, Saul, I'm sorry, must have thought that God didn't already tell Samuel what already went, you know, what already went down. But so Saul figured, oh, let me just lie, you know. And it said, and Samuel said, what meaning then this bleating of the sheep? Now, I'm supposed to look up the word, but I'm sure it's like the sheep are going, you know, making their noise, right? Bleeding. You can hear the sheep in the back, you know, of the sheep in mine ears. So Samuel could hear them. They could hear the sheep and the lowing of the oxen, which I and he can hear the oxen. They were supposed to be destroyed now. And Saul said, they have bought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of. Now he's blaming the people. Now Saul was in charge, but yet he's blaming the people that were under him. You know, the people. And, and Saul said, they have bought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. So he's saying that they brought them back to sacrifice, <laughs> sacrifice unto God. And then the rest he destroyed, but that's not how it was supposed to go. And Saul said, they have bought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the, oh, I'm sorry. Then Samuel said unto Saul, stay, you stay right there. And I will tell thee what the Lord hath said. Because you thought, you didn't know that the Lord had already informed me. God Almighty had already told me. He had already told me. So stop, stay. Stop it, Saul. And this goes for any individual. Just stop. When a prophet comes, a man or woman, God comes to let you know, thus saith the Lord, and then you stop. I, but, well, well, you know, wait, wait, hold up. Wait, no, stop it right there. Stop your lying. And then Samuel said unto Saul, I'm going to say it again. Then Samuel said unto Saul, stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said unto him, say on. And Samuel said, when thou was little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? So when you were like, look, I mean, you were like nothing really. And God still, he put you over Israel. He anointed you. And now it seems like, you know, oh, now I'm going to go and do my own thing. But that's not how it goes. And Samuel said, when I'm sorry, and the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. God told them that. Now, I know it's repetitive. I know this is kind of long, but you really have to read into this scripture, this chapter, to get the story of why Saul, you know, uh, uh, was, didn't, wasn't king anymore. And the Lord sent thee, okay, and wherefore, number 19, I'm sorry, Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? So you didn't obey the Lord. You kept the spoil, you know, and you did evil in the sight. But that's doing evil because you didn't pass the wealth. Isn't, isn't that evil because he didn't obey the voice of God? Yeah. Amen. He didn't. Have, he should have obeyed Sam. Samuel came and told them, thus saith the Lord. And Saul said, went and did his own thing, and then he blamed the people. It's just like a pastor. It's just like an overseer. It's just like the president of the United States. A president of a country, or the king, the queen. You cannot blame anyone else. They come, they bring you, they tell you what does, you know, what needs to be done, but yet still you 
um, you go and you do the opposite because you figure, well, I'm the king, the queen, you know, <laughs> so let me do what I want. But this came directly from the mouth of the Lord. And we're going to read uh, number 20. And Saul said unto Samuel, yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Now he's telling the, the uh, lion and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agog, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took up the spoil, the sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God of Gilgad. Okay, we're going to stop right there. So you see how Saul, he blamed the people. He brought back the king. He brought back some of the spoil, the best spoil. Not... I'm sorry. He brought all the yeah, but the like the the bad, well, you know, he right. He didn't want the the, the bad stuff, and, and you know, he he wanted um the good, all the good things. And Amen. we're gonna end up. We're gonna stop at twenty one for a minute. Uh oh, wait. We could keep on going actually because you're pretty much almost finished. <laughs> so then. And Samuel said, hath the Lord a great delight in burnt offering and sacrifice and the obeying of the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than that the fat of the ram. For the rebellion, number 23, for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Now, what could be any worse than one of the witchcraft? And when you're rebellious, it's like the sin of witchcraft. And witchcraft, you know, when back in the days when you were a witch, they burned you at the stake. <laughs> that's what they did to you. You know, that's what they did back in those days. They did. So rebellion is sin of witchcraft and sub stubbornness, being stubborn. Saul was stubborn. When you think about it, because Samuel came, told him what that said the Lord. And I know I'm being repetitive, but I want you to really get this. Came, told him what he needed to uh to do and yet he still did his own thing so he was stubborn you know he was stubborn and rebellious and it also says that as in iniquity and idolatry well you did your own thing idols because thou hast rejected the word of the lord he hath also rejected thee from being king oh my goodness so Saul thought everything was going good everything was well now he rejected, right? Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. That's what Samuel's telling him. He rejected. So now God has rejected him as king. Your kingship is over. That's it. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandments of the Lord and thy word, because I feared the people and their voice. So instead of hearkening to the voice of the Lord, he feared the people. So he followed the people. You can't follow the people. And, you know, we have a tendency of doing that. I mean, I know I've done some things where I felt like, you know, somebody told me something. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to do, you know, say something. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But then you have to fear God, who's able to kill, who, who is able to kill both body and soul. Not man that can only kill the body. He can't, he has nothing to do with your soul. Nothing whatsoever. Amen. Amen. Nothing. Because he has a soul. We all have souls. And man, that's only God can 
destroy both body and soul. So as we continue on, uh, and Saul said unto him, I have sinned. Okay, number 25. Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. So, you know, plain, just plain. This word of God right here is just plain. God rejected him. He went, he was, oh no, come and pray. You know, I've sinned. Samuel, I mean, Saul was saying, but Samuel came back and said, no, 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 no. God has rejected you as being king over Israel. And so, and Samuel turned about to go away and he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle and it rent. And Samuel said unto him, the Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. Oh my goodness. And we know rent means to uh, something that uh, it's torn, right? It's torn. So it was, um, it was Saul's disobedient, not in the Saul's disobedient by not destroying everything in Amalek, Amalek, I'm sorry, that defined his environment. When you think about it, I mean, it caused him to lose out with God, you know, in the end. And we know that he lied. He blamed the people, um, of course, by taking the spoil. But um, back to, uh, and Saul turned about him and then, and Samuel said unto him, the Lord hath rent, and he gave the kingdom to uh, neighbor. And also the strength of Israel, when we're almost finished, will not lie nor repent for the, for he is not a man that he should repent. So God is not a man that he needs to repent. What he says, he's going to bring it to, whatever he says, whether he gives it to his servants to say, he's going to bring it to pass. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, I pray thee, before the elders of my people, before Israel, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord thy God. Now Saul was just, he was uh, just pleading and pleading with Samuel, pleading with him. But Samuel says, so Samuel, number 31, so Samuel turned again after Saul and said, worship the Lord. Then said Samuel, bring ye Hither to me, Agog the king of Amalek. And Agog came unto him delicately. So Agog, I can see him now, like coming, right? He was like all nervous. He said delicately, like, oh gosh, I'm in trouble now. And then Agog came, and Agog came unto him del delicately. And Agog said, surely the bitterness of death is past. Oh boy, uh, that's it. And Samuel said, as thy sword hath made women childless to shall, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agog into peace. So he was saying that just like how you made other mothers childless, he's going to, uh, Samuel said, I'm going to make your mother childless, right? We was talking to Agog. And then he chewed him into pieces. I'm assuming that whatever he did to him was, was a sword, right? He chopped him up. Then Samuel went to uh, Ramah and Saul went up to his house of Gil, oh, Gibea, I'm sorry, of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned. So he mourned Saul in spite of whatever what Saul did. 
Samuel still mourned him. And the Lord repented that he hath made Saul king over Israel. So God repented. Um, and we were talking about that, that God does not repent of his lie, right? That he should repent. But that's talking about when he gives the actual commandment, I believe. But this he repented because he was, um, yeah, he was sorrowful because Saul was supposed to go and do what God had told him to do, and he did not do it. So God was sorrowful over that. You know, he was sorrowful. And Saul became sorrowful also, but it was just too late. Amen. I know this was long, not long, but I mean, I really wanted to get into it. Amen. Amen. Um, so the next, um, we're going to go to uh, David and Goliath. Exodus 17. Exodus. Um, I'm going to go into uh, 1 Samuel 17, 37 to 58. I say first, I'm sorry. Samuel 1737. So we're going to talk about uh, the next individual is David. And we know that David was the youngest son of uh, Jesse, right? And uh, we're going to start with the 37th verse. First Samuel 17, 37. And David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor and he put an elm and helmet of brass upon his head and also he armed him with a coat of mail and David girded his sword upon the armor and he essayed to go for he had not proved it and David said unto Saul I cannot go with thee for I have not proved them and David put them off him and he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to Philistine. And, and the Philistine came on and drew near unto David and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him for he was but a young youth and ruddy and a fair countenance. So, as we started in 37, we're talking about David and Goliath, right? And David, if you know that David ended up killing Goliath, um, he was a Philistine, a giant. And he was really, he was a giant and he was about, it says his height was six cubits and a span. 
that's what it said. Now, when I looked it up, they gave you a different uh, heights. They gave you like eight feet to ten feet, but it's what I took. What I got was approximately nine feet nine. <laughs> it was around about that tall, which is tall. But as you go through the scripture, said that David, when uh, Saul armed him with all his, you know, all his armory and everything like that. David, he didn't want all that. He went to, what was it, the river? And he took his staff in his hand. He took his staff and he chewed five out of the brook, five smooth stones. And that's his, that was his, um, his weapon against um, Goliath. So this was David, when you think about his environment, how he was able to slew this giant with just a small, um, uh, uh, with just was a slingshot and some stones, he was able to take him out. So his this environment, we know that David was king, but I'm just talking about this particular. This was before he was king. He was young, he was a youth, and he was the youngest of the sons of Jesse, which I think he had seven sons, I believe. Okay, and um, as you read more into it, it talks about. The sun rose and came and drew night. Right. And David actually chopped his head off and brought his head, you know, and, and he ended up bringing his head. So he slew Goliath. He slew him. He, he, he slew him and no one, I guess they didn't realize that he could just slew him with just the, uh, snow, the stones and the slingshot. But as you read more into this is First uh, Samuel 17, 37 to 58. As you read more into it, it'll, it'll give you more of an insight how his environment defined David who, to, for him to become king. You know, it started out as a young child, but it defined him. He was able to master, he was able to master and slew uh, Goliath. And it defined him to become a great king. Amen. So the next we're going to go to, I know I stayed a little longer with Saul. We're going to go to King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah, 1 Samuel, oh, I'm sorry, 2 Kings 20. Second Kings 20, 1 to 11. And when you, uh, when you, uh, if you know the story about Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, he was, uh, you know, a man of, uh, of God and uh, he was a king. And if you know the story, it's very, 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 even to today's society, he lived up to, you know, uh, asking God to uh, do what he needed. And he needed this right away. So it says, Second uh, Kings 21 to 11. So when the prophet Isaiah told King Hezekiah that he was going to die, he did not let his sickness become unto death. He didn't. He turned his face to the wall and sought the Lord for his healing and was given an additional 
15 years on his life. So that's just a little snippet. So I'm going to start at Burke, the first Burke. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. So uh, the prophet Isaiah came, right? He came and he told King Hezekiah, better set your house in order right now, because you're going to die. He told him, you're going to die. You got to set it right now, whatever you need to do, get everything in order, get it all together, because this, this is it. The second verse, then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, and this is King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. He turned it, and he started praying unto the Lord. He started praying. He didn't waste any time. I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before. Like I said, King um, Hezekiah was a man of God. He said, remember. Right? I'm sorry. He said, um, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart. Yet yeah, he walked from truth and with perfection. So you can, you can walk, uh, go unto perfection. And have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. He weeped because he'd done good in the sight of the Lord. And he wanted, you know, he, he needed this from the Lord. He needed this miracle. Turn again. And then Lord said, turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father. I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee on the third day and thou shalt go unto the house of the Lord. So um, the Lord heard Hezekiah, King Hezekiah's prayer right away and told Isaiah, go back and tell him that he heard it and that he was going to heal him. And verse six, and I will add unto thy days 15 years and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. So God, God gave him 15 years. Can you imagine if you have 15 years and God has given you 15? You know you have definitely 15 years. <laughs> you definitely have that. You know I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to take care of my household. You know, I'm going to do. God gave him 15 more years because he was a man that walked after God. And God honored his request. He honored Hezekiah's, King Hezekiah's request. And Isaiah said, take a lump of figs. And they took it later on the board and recovered. And he recovered. And Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, what shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me? And that I shall go up into the house of the Lord the third day. And Isaiah said, this sign shalt thou have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he has spoken and shall the shadow go forward 10 degrees or go back 10 degrees. So it says, or the shadow so was like a dial. It's the sundial. The dial. dial. And like that, dial. right, like a sundial. And Hezekiah answered, it is a light thing for the shadow to go down 10 degrees. Nay, but let the shadow return backward 10. So it went back. Who? When does that happen? Where time goes back? So God gave him, he was able to go back. Amen. 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 So amen. So King Hezekiah, that defined his environment, defined him. 
it was great. It gave him 15 years, um, uh, additional years on his life that he was able to do what thus saith the Lord. He was a true man of God. He worked after God. He did what he needed to do. And God honored his request. Just like now, you do what you're supposed to do in the Lord and God will honor your request. Amen. Amen. We go on for just about okay and also we know that he did not let his um the message i was giving him a death that sentence like i stated before the final he was and change his environment you know he kept on walking with the lord amen so the next uh is Samson. <laughs> we know that Samson was, uh, you know, he let his lust get the best of him and he got him tricked, you know, uh, to reveal his strength, you know, by, with Delilah. Um, he was born a Nazarite and he was told that no razor should come to his, to his hair. But because of this is obedience, he lost his strength. And it wasn't because of his hair. Well, right. It was because of his disobedience. But that was part of it, that it, the razor could not come to his hair. So if we go to uh, Judges 16, chapter 4. I'm sorry, Judges chapter 16, verse 4. I'm, I'm sorry. And it states, um, starting at the verse four. And it came to pass afterward that he loved the woman in the valley of Sol Solrek, whose name was Delilah. So his luck got the best of him. You know, he was walking with the Lord, but yet he, he ended up lusting after this woman, which he should not have. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, entice him. So they wanted him to entice, you know, entice to go and, you know, do certain things to make him, you know, come after you and um, entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth. And by that means we may prevail against him that we may bind him to afflict him and we will give thee every one of us 1100 pieces. So they did it for money. I guess it's like a bribe. People do that now. Uh, not only bribe, well, they pay you off. For you to do evil, you know, so that's what they were doing. So, and Delilah, word verse six, and Delilah said, to, Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and where, where thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. So, Samson was, he kept on telling her different things. And Samson said unto her, If they bind me with seven green whips that were never dried, then shall I be weak and be as another man. So he kept on giving her a different story. He didn't tell her exactly what was what, what, you know, what would happen to lose his strength. He kept on telling, telling her a lie pretty much. Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. She said unto him, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he break the wits as a thread of low is broken when it touches the fire so his strength was not known. And Delilah, number verse 10, and Delilah said unto Samson, behold, thou hast mocked me. So she's saying, you mocked me. You kept on telling me different, you know, different stories about your strength, you know, and told me lies. 
lives. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And when you go to verse, go to verse 17, that he told her all his heart and said unto her, there hath not come a razor here. Because before, like we stated before, like I stated before, he was telling her different stories. And he finally told her, there hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. So from his mother's womb. And uh, if I be shaven, then my strength will go for me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. But it wasn't because of his, you know, it was because of disobedience. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she said, now she tricked him. She sent and called for the lords of the Philistines saying, come up this once for the, for he has showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she, make sure I'm reading, I'm sorry, 21. And she made him sleep. So she made him sleep. She put him to sleep on his knees. We're reading verse 19. And she called for a man and she caused him to share off the seven, seven locks. He had seven locks. Now, you know what locks are, right? It's, it's your hair. <laughs> it's your hair. But it's locks, right? And seven locks. And his head, and she, of his head, and she began to afflict him. And his strength went from him. So that, once he finally told her what it was, because she tricked him. You know, she was rubbing, you know, whatever she was doing to him. And he had already fell in love with her or lust in her. You know, just like today, you fall in love with someone. They tricked you, trick you. And, you know, things start happening and they're not supposed to happen. And she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. So he thought he was going to, that was going to be it, Samson. So he let his environment define him. He had all the strength. When you think about Delilah was like his environment. She came and she tricked him. And so it, he let the environment that Samson let dis destroyed him. And it also states, and he was not, and he was not that the Lord was departed from him. But the, the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. They put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with feathers of brass. And he did grind in the prison house. Um, so as you see here that Samson thought he stole the essence of God. Was He felt the essence, but God really still, you know, wasn't with him. But he felt his essence. And Delilah tricked him. And it, defi it, it you know, it just destroyed him. Um, and when you go to, uh, I believe it's 28 to 30. I'm going to go down to it. And Samson called unto the Lord, verse 28. And said, Oh Lord, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee. Only this once, he was asking God, please just help me just one time so I can get my strength back, that I may be once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. He wanted his eyes back. And Samson took up the hold of the two pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was born up, and of the one with his right hand, and of the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines and he bowed himself with all his might and the house fell upon the lords and upon all of the people that were there and so the dead which he slew all the death 
were more than they which he slew in his life. So, you know, he, he Samson became, he still was able to, you know, destroy at the end, but God had left them. And, um, you know, that was it. He was, uh, he was finished. Amen. So the next uh, individual is, we're going to talk about is Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Listen, the son of God, the son of the living God, the one that came to, you know, die on the cross for our sins, God in the flesh. And if you, we're going to go to Mark 1. We're almost finished. We're almost finished. Mark 1, verse 10. Starting at the 10th verse. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Well pleased. And immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days and tempted of Satan and was with the wild beasts and the angels and ministered unto him. So this is an environment that Jesus was in where, you know, it, it says that the heavens opened up in the spirit and the spirit like a dove descended upon. And there was a voice that came that, you know, God, that was God telling him that thou art my beloved son. And, you know, this was when Jesus the time. Um, you know, before he was uh, he was going through before he was crucified. Now you got to remember, Jesus is God in the flesh. Um, so, but he still had to go through this because to you know for the remissions of remission of sin to redeem man back to Christ, he had to go through this. And it says that he was tempted by Satan, right? It's that after four after fasting forty days and forty nights. Um, he was, he hungered and he was tempted by Satan. And if you go to Matthew 4, 1 to 11, Matthew chapter 4, at the starting at the first verse, It says, then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was after what? A hung hunger. So he was, he was in the flesh, God in the flesh, but he was still, he hungered. He wanted something to eat. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou, the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. So, so Jesus was hungry, but of course Jesus could have turned those stones into bread. He's the son of God. But he told Satan, he said, and he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So, no, you're not going to live just by food. You need the word of God. You need his word for your daily spiritual living. Yes, you need food for the natural body, but you need the word of God in order to live this life in order to leave a, live a holy life. 
Then the devil taketh him up unto the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. So if you know, he took him up high. So the pinnacle, upright, and art isn't, so the pinnacle. And uh, upright architectural member, right? It's a part of the, uh, the uh, temple, the pinnacle. And saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thy, now he's telling Jesus to cast himself down. You know, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee. Con I mean, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, least any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. So, we know that Jesus can command all the angels. Like, but however, he was going through for the remission of our sin. So when Satan tempted, we know that he could have gotten rid of Satan one, one, two, three, but he had a purpose. You know, he knew his purpose on earth and it was the mission. It was his mission to endure temptation for us and the suffering to re redeem man from sin. Amen. And if we go, we're just about finished. I just want to go to Romans 5 and 21. I know sometimes we got to go kind of fast. Romans 5 and 21. So before I say, we know that Jesus was in control of his environment at all times because he's the son of God. Yes, Satan did come to him, but that was the plan. That was the plan of God. And we keep, I, you know, I stated before, it was the plan of God because to re redeem man back to Christ, to God. So that was his plan. We know that Satan could have wiped the devil. I mean, I'm sorry. Jesus could have wiped Satan out completely. But no, that, that wasn't the plan. And Jesus, because he was the son of God, he had to follow his father's plan. And he said that I do what my father you know, I do as my father do, you know, or my, as my father. Uh, yeah, I do as my father do. And um, Romans 5 and 21, it says that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so my grace reigned through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. So as sin reigned unto sin is death. Uh, you know, if you don't repent as your sin, you're going to meet uh, eternal damnation. Even so, my grace reigned through right. But grace, God has gave, he gives us grace. He, he gives us grace to come to him, to repent of our sins. So we may have eternal life with Jesus Christ. Okay. Amen. And then if you read just Romans 6 and 23, that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here we go again. The wages of sin is death. God sent his only begotten son, a gift. He gave us a gift that we may have eternal life through Jesus Christ. We may have it if we accept him as our personal savior. And, you know, uh, this was, uh, I know I had to break the individuals down, each individual, but I just wanted to, uh, this topic was very important to me because I always see where, your environment can either make you or break you and it can control you. It's just like um, someone that's in a, a, a drug house, you know, uh, or someone that's in a gang, 
um, you know, you want to come out of it. So you know what? You cannot be around those people because you may seep back in or God has delivered you from that. So, you know, that's something you have to stay away from. You know, you have to come. You have once you come out of that environment, you have to stay away from it. And something else I want to tell everyone, the Bible, the Bible is so accessible to everyone. The Bible is in the dollar stores. OK, the print is kind of small, but you can go to the dollar store and get a Bible. The Bible is online. Uh, every uh, Most people have phones now. They have computers, uh, smartphones, computers, tablets. You can go online. You can read the word of God. You could start. You start um, from the, uh, the beginning. If you don't understand, start with Psalms. Read Psalms. Start with that, uh, you know, and just read your Bible. Read your Bible. Ask God to give you understanding because, the, because that will define you on who you will become as a, a person that is following the Lord. Someone that has become saved. Someone has that's filled with the Holy Ghost and God will direct you on what you need to be as you continue on in him. Amen. So the plan of salvation. It says, the Bible says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon it and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Isaiah 55 and 7. And and this means to repent and accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Now, living a life that is holy and acceptable before God, and also that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10 and 9. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10 and 13. So let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, O God, as I, I ask you today, O God, to strengthen those that are in the audience, O God, and pray this prayer with me for salvation. Lord, I ask you to come into my heart today. I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I ask you to cleanse my heart from all unrighteousness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, O God. Help me to pray, read my Bible, and continue on. And O God, Lord, I thank you. I thank you right now that I accept. I have accepted you as my personal savior. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Um, so I thank you for coming into, uh, for giving us, giving us an opportunity rather to bring the word to you today. And we're going to turn it back over to our pastor Wells. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, one thing I've learned that uh, God has everybody as his voice when he wants to use them as his voice. My wife, um, she's normally quiet, but uh, I have a feeling she's going to be a great voice for God over time. Because he said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So I'm excited about what God has done today. Uh, this is the first Sunday my wife has done Sunday service, but she'll be doing it again. I'm not telling her yet when, but she'll be doing it again soon. She does Bible studies now and then she'll be back in, I think it is uh, November. 
I'm not, I can't remember what day in November should be doing Bible study on a Wednesday night. And uh, um, I'll let y'all know that soon when she'll be doing Bible study. She get better as she go. The more she gets in and relaxes, she get uh, allow the Lord. Because my wife is very seasoned in God's word and she knows God's word. She's just one of those people that like to say, I don't know nothing. But she knows, trust me, she does. But listen, I want to thank you for coming out and uh, coming to the, uh, the service today. I want to thank you for your uh, time, but I want to let you know something. We all need Jesus for ourselves, and we all need to get to know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. So I'm looking forward to seeing y'all. We have Bible study on Wednesday night at 8.15 p.m., and Sundays we're here at 5.15 p.m. Listen, bring your Bible when you come. Read along with us. And get to know what God's word has to say. Now, listen, you can visit our website, www.tabernacledeliveranceinc.org. You can leave a prayer request. You can leave a testimony. You also can become a partner with us to help us with our television broadcast, podcast, and, uh, well, thank God we don't pay for YouTube and Twitter as of yet. Because, well, I think uh, Elvis must board uh, 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 Twitter, so we don't know what's going to happen with Twitter, so we just got to wait and see. But nonetheless, uh, we don't pay for YouTube, but we pay for everything else. And it would be, be a blessing if you could be a financial blessing for uh, to the ministry. It's not to us, but to the ministry. So now, now listen, if you want to send anything by PayPal, you can send it to uh, uh, paypal.me slash tabernacleinc or uh, cash app has to be our wealth. And uh, if you have Tightly, you can uh, download Tightly and look for the Tabernacle Deliverance Incorporated. Remember, you can catch us on YouTube, Tabernacle, and, uh, uh, Tabernacle of Deliverance Incorporated, on Twitter, Tabernacle underscore INC, and our podcast is tabernaclepodcast.org. Until next uh, Sunday, if you don't make our Bible study on Sunday, uh, Wednesday night, I'll see you on next Sunday at 5.15 15 p.m. Be blessed and walk with God for yourself.